Hello, everyone. Here is my disclaimer. Any information discussed in this interview may not be those of the station or the guest. Please consult your primary care physician with any information you have heard in this interview. Hi, everyone. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio, where our mantra is to educate, enlighten, and entertain. I have one public service announcement because the ties in with my guest today, and that is it's still September. September's almost half over. It is World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. And you, the public, who don't know about Alzheimer's and all that it details, need to educate yourself on the number six killer. It is not just memory loss. It is so much more. And if you have any concerns about your memory, please consult your primary care physician. And you are going to want to stay tuned to my show. I have a fantastic guest, as I always do, because I have fantastic guests coming on my show to help you, the audience, to live a better life, to know you're not alone, and to know there are resources to help you. With me today is Carolyn Bear-El- Bear-El. Am I saying your name right, Carolyn? You did, Beryl. Beryl, uh, who is author excuse me, author of Walking with Faye, My Mother's Uncharted Path into Dementia. It is a memoir about dementia. Five-star reviews on Amazon, people. You're going to want to listen to Carolyn tell her story, her mom's story. And you know what? I love what Carolyn is doing. She wrote a book, putting a name and a face to her mom, because we need to put names and faces to those who have Alzheimer's or any other dementia, who are still present with us, and those we have lost to this disease. We need to come out of the dementia closet. And without further ado, I want to welcome you, Carolyn, to Chatting with Betsy. Thank you, Betsy. I love that we're talking to each other 3,000 miles away from each other. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's cool. Are you in Idaho or in California? I'm in Idaho, right at the tip top, just south of the Canadian border. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I get so confused with time zones. Uh, (laughs) Now, is Idaho, are you on mountain time or Pacific? Um, I'm thinking you're mountain time. That's what I thought. You're in both. We're in both. Yeah, I'm in Pacific, but part of Idaho is in mountain. I did not know that. Oh, well, thank you for telling me. You see, you do learn something new every day. Uh, Caroline, I'm going to ask you, and I ask all my authors that come on, as to what inspired you to write your book? For me, it was the lack of books that were out there. Uh, when I was going through the, the in the thick of it with my mother, it was 2012. And I spent, you know, my mornings at the library just going through the books, trying to find something that would help me with these new and scary behaviors that she was exhibiting toward me. There were, you know, accusations of abuse and theft and paranoia that somebody was breaking in at night and, you know, the gamut. And for me, I I hadn't any experience with dementia. I'd never even used that word before. I called it, you know, old age senility, you know, quirkiness of getting old. So as I was trying to care for my mother, I was just 
drowning and making all the mistakes that we know now, that we hear about people making, you know, trying to rationalize, trying to deny that anything's happening, and even anger, like, Mom, you told me that six times already, you know, the loop, the endless loop. So all of these things were happening to me, and I was looking for help, but in 2012, there were very few books that weren't mainly medical jargon or filled with examples of advanced dementia. And I had a mother who was lucid 50% of the time, at least. You could introduce her to somebody and they would think she was perfectly normal and maybe even look at me like I was the one who was, you know, overreacting. So I was constantly off balance during those early days of trying to figure this out. I so understand uh, what you're talking about, Carolyn, because my mom-in-law was diagnosed in the year 2000, and there wasn't information, and she accused me of stealing, told everybody I was stealing from her. I didn't know that at the time, that she was doing that. And being paranoid, she um, actually hallucinated that I told my son, Josh, to steal her annuities, and it, you know, I didn't know about sundowning. I did not even hear the word Alzheimer's, and I was a licensed practical nurse, never heard that word used. And you're right, wow. there was a lack of information. I mean, it was called organic brain syndrome, senility, hardening of the arteries. Never saw or heard the word Alzheimer's. And, wow. you know, I had to do my research, so I understand that. And there wasn't much out there. And um, and your mom, yes, yes. And your mom was diagnosed 2012. My dad was diagnosed in, I want to say 2008. Still wasn't much information out there. Uh, Matt was diagnosed 2010. Still wasn't much information about uh, early onset at that time. Sure. So I'm, I'm glad that you, as an advocate, and uh, myself and many others are bringing this to the forefront uh, to educate people. Go ahead, Carol. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Um, I've been asked that question before, like, why? Why, why write the book? And I think that some of us have come away from this experience so shocked or shell-shocked, really, that it's so big that we feel this need to not only share it, but also prepare others. You know, and some of us just want to forget it ever happened. But there's that few that feel they, they've got to do something. And, and I guess I fall in that category. Um, I don't want this to happen to the people behind me. And Betsy, I'm sure you know the statistics. You know, the first baby boomers turned 70 two years ago. So the World Health Organization is predicting astronomical rates of dementia uh, in our future because, you know, it's the 70s where it naturally begins to occur. Yes, yes. And also, Carolyn, it's very disturbing that people young are also getting some form of dementia. If it's not Alzheimer's, it's uh, maybe Lewy body or maybe it's frontal temporal lobe. And, you know, it's they say the brain changes anywhere from 10 to 20 years prior. So it's very, it's a very baffling 
uh, disease, as my own neurologist even said that. I mean, it baffles me. It baffles the doctors. Uh, did you notice, because I know that like, a lot of times people have noticed things looking back in hindsight prior to diagnosis. Did you see uh, things in your mom's behavior, like you mentioned, um, she was paranoid and uh, thinking somebody was, you know, abusing her. Um, what other things did you notice about your mom prior to your mom being diagnosed? Absolutely. I think my mother fell into that category. Uh, I would say she was probably exhibiting symptoms for 10 years. Uh, and that was, it was it, these were little things. These were the things that, you know, the the uneducated caregiver who suddenly finds themselves in that role either overlooks or ignores, quite frankly. And I, and I think I was guilty of both. Um, I ignored her loops. Those loops started pretty early on, and she would repeat herself. But honestly, Betsy, how many times have you done that? How many times have I said to my friend, did I already tell you this? You know, so we kind of – we kind of have this thing where being busy, you know, and being scattered and multitasking kind of resembles some of the earliest stages of, of dementia, doesn't it? So yeah. to, to, be able to, yeah. to be able to identify it, like some days I'll wake up and I'll say, man, I am scattered, smothered, and covered. I can't remember why I walked into this, this kitchen, you know, and where are my <laughs> reading glasses? Yeah. And they're up on my head. <laughs> right. To, to, to be in that position and then be asked to decide the fate, you know, of your loved one, to be able to say, I'm going to step into your life and I'm going to begin controlling the things that you had autonomy over, you know, to ask somebody to be able to do that is monumental. And then imagine the person that's, that, that that's being done to, you know, somebody's coming into their life and they're taking things away from them, power away from them. Well, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to become suspicious of that person. They're going to suspect them of, you know, evil intentions. And it sounds kind of like what you were describing your mother-in-law. You know, she was accusing you of things. My mother accused me of things. Yeah, it's so um, bizarre sometimes their behaviors. And if you don't understand it, and this is why I tell uh, caregivers in my group, I tell on my show that it is necessary. We have to educate ourselves about our loved one's diagnosis for them to have a better quality of life for us to understand. And so we know what to expect because, as I say, folks, education is important. Knowledge is power. And um, I know I'm a little rough around the edges. This is my Jersey girl coming out. There is no excuse for a caregiver in 2022 not to be educated, not to educate themselves with the amount of information, the amount of people that are out there doing things every day, either on social media or there, there's the library. I mean, there's always something going on and, um, I don't know if you've heard this, Carolyn, but I've heard this so many times. I don't have time. I'm a caregiver. You know what? You have time to um, binge on Netflix. You have time to educate yourself 
because if you don't, you're only hurting yourself. I'm telling you this from my own experience. Uh, we always say, oh, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew that when my loved one was going through their journey. Um, and I'm sure you probably had thought the same thing. Oh, I wish I knew that back then. Oh, without a doubt. I just took a class, a free class that the Alzheimer's Association online offered. They, I didn't even know this. They have, you know, monthly September schedule, October schedule, and I clicked on one. It was free, and it was learning how to communicate effectively to somebody with dementia. I mean, how perfect is that? Exactly. And that's right. Thank you for pointing that out, Carolyn, that the Alzheimer's Association uh, has many, many educational classes for free. Um, for free. You just, just type org. Yeah, yes, um, for free. And so, you know, take advantage. That's something they didn't have back when I was um, starting out. Uh, they have a lot more now, uh, a lot more now, and I'm ever so, so grateful. Carolyn, I have to ask you uh, this because um, I know I've experienced it. Did you experience guilt? after your mom passed, like, I wish I knew this, or I wish I would have done this different? Yeah, the last, I think the last page in my book is, is all about that. It's, it's that I, I wish, I, I think I said something like, if I had one wish, and then at the end I said, okay, I know that's more than one wish now, because <laughs> I listed them, but I, I wished for do-overs. Oh, if I could have just gone back and had a chance at a do-over here, you know, and a do-over there. And I've been asked since then, you know, what, what is it you wish for your readers? And I used to say in the beginning, it was that I wanted my readers to feel more normal, you know, and validated and to understand that they're not the only ones and these feelings that they might be having, you know, they're normal and it's okay. Just show up tomorrow and try it again. You know, you've got a new day to make a new mistake. Just keep trying. And that was how I started. But, you know, Anymore, what I really think I want my readers to take from the book is if you have an opportunity now while you're caring for your loved one in this mess that you found yourself in, if you have an opportunity to change your attitude about it. I mean, yes, we're caregivers. We have to get up in the morning and see that they are fed, cared for, bathed, clothed, you know, medicine taken, doctor's appointments attended to. We have to do those things. And somewhere in the shuffle of that and their acting out, you know, of the things that happen to them with dementia, we lose our sense of joy at being with them. We lose our sense of humor. And oftentimes, Betsy, I'll admit it, we, we'll lose our, son, our sense of love. You know, when my mother was being the least lovable, it was hard for me to love her. So instead, I just went into caretaker role. And I, you know, took my ruler out and bam, 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 this is what we're going to do. And if I could go back and change that, that would be what it would be. Yes, I, I understand. I'll, I'll tell you, this is a little funny story. I couldn't figure out why Matt could not see what was right in front of him. Like I would say, what do you mean you can't see that? It's right in front of you. And then I watched a Tipa Snow video about vision and how it gets affected during uh, 
Alzheimer's, you know, kind of affect someone's uh, vision, their, their death perception. And then when I saw that video, I said, that's why. So I stopped, <laughs> I stopped saying to, to Matt, you know, why don't you say that? I understood why he did not see that. And when we, right. this is why I, you know, I speak from experience when I say knowledge is a power to, I didn't know that. And when I found out, and then I would stop getting annoyed with, with Matt of him not seeing things. Uh, one time he, he said, move it so that it... right, I would move it closer or point it out to him. He would sit on a big pile of clothes. I'm like, why are you sitting on the folded clothes? Didn't you see that there? <laughs> uh, but, you know, you, we learn these things as we um, go on. <clears throat> I'm curious, Caroline, did you have difficulty in getting a doctor to properly diagnose your, your mom and take you seriously? I absolutely did, Betsy, and it was something that I didn't really go into in the book because I I live in this small town, right, and I didn't want it to become something that was, mm, you know, a negative, but I was shocked myself. Uh, I actually called the doctor's office ahead of time and said, I'm bringing my mother in for her 2 o'clock appointment, but I want you to know that I'm pretty sure she has dementia, and she's probably going to say things that aren't going to make sense. And is there anything you can do, you know, can, can you help me with this? And I went with her to that one appointment, and the doctor said, now, Faye, I understand that maybe we're having some cognitive difficulties, and I'm going to issue a verbal test to assess how your brain is working. And I sat there, and my eyes got so big, and I looked at my mother, and she looked at me, and crossed her arms over her chest and refused to say another word. And she was so angry at me because she felt that I had something to do with that. And we left the doctor's appointment with with nothing. That is unfortunately so common of so many people being misdiagnosed, not taken seriously, and told, um, oh, it can't possibly be that bad. And, I mean, we were blown, blown off. Um, right. Met the primary doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt was in the hospital actually in 09, and I said to his primary, I said, Matt's having memory problems. Oh, no, that can't be. But when he got that note from the company doctor, he was singing a different tune. He, he was like, I, I can't believe it. I said, well, I tried telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this is why we have to be uh, advocates for our loved ones. Did that come easy for you or difficult for you, Carolyn, to, to be an advocate? Oh, you know, it, it kind of was both because there were times where being an advocate, I risked putting my mother uh, in danger. When I had her in an assisted living home, the first one, I had to move her. It was, oh gosh, it was over a year, but I noticed some things that were happening with staff. And the place was so small that I could not avoid those things happening with my mother as well. Raised voices, anger uh, from staff, and truly, Betsy, uh, results of not being trained properly. 
You know, they could be caregivers, they're CNAs, but they weren't trained in the, the nuances of dealing with somebody with dementia. So instead, you know, they were, they were angry when one, when one of the residents would say something to them that they didn't like. So as I was seeing this happening, I realized that I couldn't protect my mother from that happening too as well, and I had to move her. And I had to be so very careful on how I did it. And I never did fully get to be her advocate in the way that I would have liked. It's a, it's a difficult position to be in. Um, I had to remove her quietly and quickly, but not really say to them, hey, this is happening, you know, you need to change this. Because it was, honestly, it wasn't going to change. And that's that defeatist attitude that we have to avoid as often as we can. Um, But at the same time, you know, you have to think of your your loved one's welfare. Yes, yes. I love the cover of your book, Um, And I like the the title of your book, Walking with Faye, because to me, it's you walked into your mom's world. You eventually learned to live in your mom's world. And you walked, yeah, and we we all learn that, folks. Let me tell you, it doesn't come easy. (laughs) It really doesn't. But you have to learn to adjust to save your sanity. Yeah, you really do. Um, yeah, and I made, I made so many mistakes, Betsy. Oh, we all did. <laughs> we all did, yeah. Carolyn. I, you know, I, I tell people, listen, nobody is a perfect caregiver. It's impossible. And if you think you are a perfect caregiver, come on my shelf because I really want to meet you. <laughs> I want to talk to you. I want to meet you. And I want to see what book you wrote about being uh, perfect because we all learn from our mistakes. Um, and, you know, that's why guilt, and I call it unjustified guilt, I had it myself of, you know, did I do the right thing? Or if I would have done this, or if I would have done that, and it would have, could have, should have, could just drive you crazy. Did you um, have that difficulty? Uh, I did for like a year after Matt died, and then I learned to let it go. Yeah, that was that was kind of what I was referring to about the emotional side of it. I I never let her down um, physically. She she was well cared for. I made sure of that, and I and I showed up and I visited and I you know made sure that she had the care uh, when I wasn't around. But emotionally, my guilt came from what I knew full well that I felt when I was caring for her a lot of the time. And what I didn't know then was when she was her most unlovable was exactly the time when she was her most frightened and most uh, insecure and confused. And if I could go back, it would be during those times to recognize it and maybe stop for a second and say, Mom, what, what, what can I do right now? What can I do to help you? You know, what would make you feel good? What, would you like a cup of coffee? Would you like a grilled cheese sandwich? What can I do? Is your, are your pants too tight? You know, is that label on the back of your shirt rubbing on your neck and hurting you? You know, all the things that might be going on that were causing her to lash out, all I was feeling was the lashing out. 
And that's, that's very common when we don't know how to find out what they are not saying. You know, uh, caregivers, we have to be detectives, uh, but we don't know this in the beginning, you know, to find out what's, the, what's at the root of them being um, agitated and uh, why, you know, their behaviors. And back to that. We not only need to be educated, but we, we need to want to find out, don't we? Yes. Instead of being so busy, you know, batting back that tennis ball that they just, you know, fired at us, which is kind of human nature. It's protect yourself. Like, no, I didn't. I didn't steal that from you. Bam, I'm going to serve it right back. You know, no, I didn't. I didn't break into your house last night and steal your quilts. Bam, I'm going to bash, bash it right back. You know, that's just that knee-jerk reaction i think it's very human that people have to protect themselves you know you're you're assaulting my character i didn't do that and i'm going to make sure you know that and that doesn't work with somebody with dementia because they're convinced that it's true yes yes it it is the reality i i wish i knew that you know with my mother-in-law i would yell back at her i didn't know yeah i didn't know it was part of her disease and, you know, you would think that somebody would have called um, us up and, and talked to Matt and say, what's going on with your mom? But and nobody said anything. And my, my neighbor across the street, she said, Betsy, I gave, you, I gave Mary the name of a lawyer. She said, I didn't know you. I did, you know, and your mother oh. and what was, you know, Mary was upset that you're still in the house. I said, I said, and I really wish you would have, you know, called us and I would would have told you. And, uh, you know, she apologized. But, and then her husband had Alzheimer's. And uh, I was able to help her with um, uh, resources. But, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And uh, we do the best we can at the time with the knowledge that we had. And... Um, I'm kind of envious of caregivers now because there's so much out there now. There's your book to help them. There's so much information. And I really want to encourage the audience to read your book, uh, Walking with Faye, My Mother's Uncharted Path into Dementia, a memoir about dementia. Where can they buy your book, Carolyn? Pretty much anywhere you buy books online. Uh, it's even available at your library. If your library isn't carrying it yet, just ask them for it. If you don't want to buy the book, go to the library. They'll order it for you. But um, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart.com, pretty much anywhere. And if people wanted to ask you questions or connect, do you have a, a website or I do. anywhere? It's, they- it's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's www.carolynbureau.com. And even if you Google it, uh, you'll find me. You'll find me there, and you can just click on the link. But I have a contact uh, form. It's just a square box on the front page that you fill in your email address. And it's, it's really heartwarming for me these days because oftentimes I'll check my email and I'll have one of these messages from someone who had read my book. And the, the differences in everybody's take on it is amazing. You know, it's fascinating to see how – they will pick up on one portion of the book that will really help them and they'll tell me about it. And I just love seeing that it's it's happening. It's doing exactly what I had hoped, and that is touching people who were lost just like I was. 
Yes, and it is people, I, I say, you know, it's up to the veteran caregivers to help the newbies, I call the new caregivers, to help the newbies, to throw them a, a lifeline so they don't drown navigating the caregiving dementia waters like we did, Carolyn. We yeah. are, you know. Who has it worse, the caregiver or the person afflicted with dementia? Because when that caregiver makes those mistakes, you know, the person with dementia suffers too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure you, you probably feel this way. We want people to learn from our mistakes so they don't make the same ones. Um, you know, we're here to tell you, like, ask for help. You know, uh, find out about uh, resources to help. I have to ask you one last question, Carolyn. Was your mom on hospice? And if she was, how was that experience? She wasn't on hospice. She Uh, wasn't. What happened happened was they called me near the end. She had uh, woken up one morning and one side of her body was um, still. And they realized right away that she wasn't helpful getting her clothes on and she wasn't her usual chirp. Uh, she, she hadn't talked in a while, but she would chirp like a little bird and they were used to that and she was silent. Um, I was in Florida and they called me and I started making my arrangements immediately to get home and it was the end of March when I was doing this of 2020 and I don't know if that date rings a bell to you, but that was when all oh, yeah. of the states were beginning to shut down and airlines were canceling flights, and it took me maybe five days of amazing cancellations and rerouting, and it was just a nightmare to get back home from Florida. When I got here, they had put precautions in place because I was the first visitor since they had made the decision to quarantine, and mom was in a, a room by herself, and I had to go round and round and just suffice it to stay to say at the end I refused to leave her room because they informed me that when I left I wouldn't be able to come back. So I stayed and had to deal with administration and uh, I got to spend the last two full days with her uh, luckily bef- uh, before she died and I was with her when she did when she passed and my heart breaks for all of the people during that time that lost their loved ones in an assisted living home that weren't allowed to go be with them and it's thousands of people across the United States that were affected that way. Yes, yes. I am very, very grateful that Matt died before COVID. Extremely grateful. My brother died during COVID and we were not allowed to see him. My mom and my brother uh, were allowed to go when my brother was dying. And um, it was very difficult to say goodbye to someone over the phone. And I really, my heart breaks for all those who cannot see their loved ones, didn't have closure, couldn't have a proper um, mourning, couldn't have the proper funeral service. Uh, really, my heart uh, breaks. I, I can, I understand. Um, People didn't come out for my brother's funeral. If there wasn't COVID, it would have been packed. My brother was very well known in our hometown and well loved. And um, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so I, I do. I feel for the families because I had encountered that experience myself. So it, it is very difficult. 
Carolyn, I want to thank you for coming on, chatting with Betsy, writing your book, and helping other caregivers by telling your story about your mom's day. What was your mom's last name? Deven Colas. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I know Beryl like, was difficult, but imagine Beryl, yes. Colas. <laughs> Uh, well, would you mind if I just dedicate this podcast, uh, the show, to your mom, Faye? I want to oh, dedicate this. Lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. And Faye's uh, memory. And folks, you know what? There, there are resources and stories to help you. And Carolyn's is one of them. And I highly recommend getting uh, her book. And I just think that it's wonderful when people share their stories and we learn. This is how we learn. This is how I learned. Yeah. I learned from other caregivers. When I went on mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, yeah, in 2014, I went insanely crazy joining support groups for help. And then I was amazed. Oh, wow, people feel the way I do. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And that is nice to know that you're not alone. So thank you, Carolyn, for coming on. Say your last name, Carolyn Beryl. 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 <laughs> thank you uh, so much for coming on and talking about your book. Folks, if you missed any of this show, you can hear it all over again. Where would you hear your favorite podcast or shows? I'm on Apple, Megaphone, iHeart, iTunes. It's free to subscribe to Chatting with Betsy. And I highly recommend that because I have phenomenal guests on that you don't want to miss. And I want to thank Jeannie White, who's station manager, Patch World Talk Radio, produces the show, writes the blog. Please read the blog because it will have information about Carolyn and how you could get in touch with her and where you could buy the, the book. And I want to thank Lynn Caldwell, CEO, Patch World Talk Radio, who makes this all possible. And I am grateful and blessed to be a host on Passion World Talk Radio. It is my third year anniversary this month. Thank you, everyone, for subscribing, sharing, listening, who guests have been on. And please continue to listen, share, share it with your friends. It's my mission and vision to help other people to provide resources, to let people know they're not alone. And that's just really, that's what I'm, what I'm about. This is what Chatting with Betsy is about. It's not about me. It's about helping people and carrying on in my husband's memory because um, it was because of that that I went in my car, and that's how I got discovered by Jeannie White. So if you want to know wow. about that, you can look on my Facebook page. Actually, a show just came out. I have to post it's my anniversary, and I talk about how I got discovered by Jeannie White, and um, my life has changed. So thank you, Jeannie. White, thank you, Lillian. Thank you, everyone. From the bottom of my heart, I know Matt is smiling. Uh, he's probably also saying, <laughs> he used to say, don't talk about me, booby, because he called me booby. <laughs> and then he would say, I'm proud of you, booby. So I know he's smiling down. And I just appreciate everyone listening. And uh, as I always say at the end of my show, in a world where you could be anything, please be kind. And shine your light bright. And if we were to be kind and shine our light bright, think how much better this world would be. So let's start changing the world by changing ourselves. 
that's how we change the world. We got to change ourselves and let's just be kind to each other. Till we chat again, this is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Bye, everybody.